Good morning, Tom Moran from Tom's Big Spiders here. We're going to do this one a second time because I just recorded about five minutes of this and didn't realize that my microphone wasn't plugged in. So, so much for that one. So hopefully I've managed to catch the same enthusiasm I did the first time through. But first off, to kick this one off, happy holidays, everybody. I have a funny feeling this one will be out on Sunday, but Christmas Eve is Monday. So, you know, for all of you celebrating the holidays this month, whether it be Christmas, Hanukkah, I guess Hanukkah was early this year, right? And uh, winter solstice, whatever it may be, happy holidays, and uh, hopefully some of you guys will be catching this over your winter breaks. I'm about to start my winter break, and my gosh, it feels very well-deserved this year. Um, Nothing like having a full week of school before Christmas vacation. The teachers are going nuts. The kids are going nuts. It's just a, a great time had by all. So to kick this one off, I do want to thank whoever... Uh, voted for me in the Fatal Fangs feeding competition. I talked about this last time, and I post a video up. But uh, a lot of the YouTubers are getting together to have a feeding competition, kind of a fun thing and a way to just attract people to the hobby because people love feeding videos. They love competitions. Put the two together. It's amazing. So um, my buddy at Bug Realms is running a huge competition with this. It started off, I believe, with, I want to say 66 people. It was in the 60s. And basically, first round, it was eight against eight. Second round, eight against eight. I just went in the third round and unfortunately beat Tarantula Cat. And I do feel badly about this because uh, when I saw who I pulled, I, was, I honestly was hoping I was going to pull some no-name person at first only because I, my feeding videos aren't that good. And I figured it would be a good opportunity for them to get seen because I'd promote it and basically say vote for this guy. But then I got Tarantula Cat, who I respect, who I've been following her channel for a long, long time, who I think is going to be eventually one of the the big ones. She's she's becoming very, very popular. And I think next year, if we were to go against each other, it would be a totally different ball game. But I, I did win. Uh, Billy and I won with our entry, which featured my Kilo Brocky Species Electric Blue. I went for beauty because uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this one because seeing some of the things people are doing my big thing is I don't do risky stuff with my feeding videos. It's it's a personal thing for me. Again, I, I'm not judging anybody that is having fun with this competition, trying unique things. I want to make that very, very clear. But as far as where I'm coming from with Tom's Big Spiders, I can't afford with the majority of people listening to my stuff, watching my videos, reading my articles to go on to do something crazy with a feeding video because I'm pretty sure that some people would emulate that. And I don't want to set a bad example for those getting into the hobby, those new get new folks getting into the hobby that, you know, these are toys or whatever. So it's, it's tricky for me sometimes because, you know, I go out there and feed my Sicarius Tomasides, my sand spider with my bare hands other people are going to think that that's okay, and, and I don't want to do that. So it's it's going to be tricky moving ahead because I've seen some of the videos and some of the stuff people do. Like I have the Off the Tongs Challenge with Mark from Arch Tarantula. I love the guy. He's great to work with. I love his videos. His Tarantula selfie that I'm pretty sure won our last battle. And again, when he and I do it, it's more fun. It's not, we're not really, we don't even tally votes or anything, but... Billy and I were watching that laughing the whole time. There's no way I'm going to be able to emulate that. That was just amazing and something that I could picture the spider landing on my shoulder. And so moving ahead, we're going to go on to, obviously, I think there's a fourth round coming up this weekend. So I do encourage folks to vote for the other people in it because that's going to, you know, come into play later on when I'm in my next round. And then I believe the whole thing starts over again with the folks that won their first round. So we'll be doing it again. So I got to figure out something to do for this video that's within within the realm of what Billy and I normally do with these guys and, and not too risky, but something that might actually win it because I don't think it'd be kind of fun to, to win it before I didn't care. And honestly, if I lose, I lose. And I'm, I think I'm going against predators and prey 
online for this next one. I'm not sure. I went back and tried to look at the old brackets to see who I'd be going against, but his last one was bonkers. So we'll see. I just think it would be kind of neat to bring over some people that normally wouldn't see my channel because, again, I, I purposely go the educational route. That's what I'm into. I'm not about you know, glamour and glitz and, and, and trying to be entertaining or try to make myself like an entertainer. It's, it's all about getting good information out there. However, this is a fun way to get for Billy and I to have a little bit of fun and maybe attract some people that normally wouldn't find my channel. So maybe some folks are like, oh, I never noticed this before and got good information over here. I'll hang around. So we'll see how it goes. I, again, I don't usually promote. I don't Honestly, I have my hands full as it is, but it's a cool opportunity. So going ahead, we'll see where it goes. But Tarantula Cat, thanks so much for competing against me. I honestly thought she was going to take this one. I had turned to Billy when Cat had messaged me, and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good because Cat does have quite a, a loyal following. Plus, my feeding videos usually aren't that good. But And her video was fantastic. I saw her video, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be tough because she had a wonderful grab, flipped over on its back, went crazy. I believe it was a Pamphibedius mashala. Sorry, cat, if I got the species wrong, but I believe it was Pamphibedius species. And it, just a beautiful grab. And unfortunately, um, mine had some pretty blue on it. So them's the breaks. Sorry, cat. And uh, maybe we'll meet again next year where you'll probably crush me because I'm guessing you'll be up there in the hundreds of thousands of viewers. So moving on. A couple weeks ago, I did a podcast on winterizing, quote unquote, winterizing. There's really no term for it. Your tarantulas are getting your tarantula collection ready for the cold winter months. And, and one of the things that I'd like to cover this episode is shipping in cold weather. Because I think this time of year, people, un uh, well, not unfortunately, but people will continue to buy tarantulas all through the winter. And I think that's something folks that are new to the hobby are kind of shocked at. But when you're shipping overnight and they have things like 72-hour heat packs and you, you pack them correctly, it's usually not an issue at all. I've bought a lot of spiders in the winter months and had some come in some ridiculously cold uh, temperatures. I, I believe I had a box come in once and it was basically in the teens and windy. So it was like almost below zero and it took two days for the box to get here because the weather delayed it. And amazingly, they were a little chilly, but okay. So there are some things you need to think about before placing an order, before shipping your package. And I think for those of us that have been in the hobby for a while, we've gotten kind of savvy to how, you know the proper way to ship during the winter time. I know a lot of dealers out there are very meticulous in checking whether not only where your state is, but where they're coming from. And if there are hubs, like for example, FedEx has hub places where they send the packages to and then the packages ship out from there. This is something a lot of people don't realize. There's a lot that needs to be taken into consideration to safely ship packages during the wintertime. Now, one thing right off the bat, and I've been warning people about this because I've been getting a lot of emails about, you know, should I ship now? Should I, you know, ship later? Should I hold it? Whatever. I always err on the side of caution as far as winter shipping is concerned. I live in a state where we obviously get very, very cold winters, and it can be sometimes down south where a lot of these guys, dealers are coming from. It could be a lot warmer down there than it is up here. So I always look at my local weather patterns and try to find a good three days or so where it's going to be, you know, either above freezing or just around the freezing mark if it's going to be winter time. And I do think that's something that you have to take into consideration is that plan for your package to get lost. That's, I mean, I think if you guys get anything out of this podcast, I think my, my golden rule with shipping tarantulas or live animals assume it's going to get lost in the mail. Assume three days. That's my trick. And honestly, I do that when I ship. 
and I don't like shipping because it freaks me out still, but I, you know, obviously part of the hobby, you have to ship. And when I try to receive things, I look at, I don't want to look at, oh, look at Friday is going to be 50 degrees. That's going to be great weather. But what's, you know, Saturday going to be? Do they deliver on Saturday? What's Thursday going to be? I think it's important, like rule of thumb when you're shipping, look for a good stretch of weather. Don't look for that one day. And I've, if anything, through Tom's Big Spiders, the videos and the podcast, one of the things I try to make a point of is to, to people, especially those getting into the hobby, is you need patience for this hobby. This is not a hobby for somebody who lacks patience. I, I tell you that right now, it, it requires patience a lot, a lot of patience with just waiting for growth rates, waiting for things to mold, with fee, all kinds of things. And shipping requires patience. So I have a lot of, we, we live in a society now, and I'm guilty of this big time, where with things like Amazon Prime and such, we can get stuff through the mail, like almost on demand. Like if I, the other day I realized I didn't get my son something I was supposed to get him for Christmas. Boom, Amazon Prime. I got it two days later. I'm golden. We're so used to getting things immediately that we forget what it was like in the good old days when you would have to wait sometimes, you know, shipping and handling four to six weeks or whatever to get something in that we're ordering. I think a lot of us either, well, some of us are too young to remember that. And I think those of us who have been around a while and remember what it was like when you ordered something through the mail, that was a huge wait period. And we don't really have to worry about that anymore. Most things that you order are there within a week. Um, even if you use the free shipping options, you got places that will ship today for free. It's amazing now. It's just, it's totally obviously a game changer as far as shopping. But I think when we start ordering our animals, we, that kind of, we get victimized by that for lack of a better term. So for example, I had a, somebody who was new to the hobby a few years ago emailed me and said, Hey, I'm looking to order some spiders. And, and I talked with this individual for a while and it said, you know, we talked about which species he was going to get and whatever. Well, this was right around November or December. And then in December, he went to place an order for one of my recommended dealers. And then I got this long email back where he's like this, I can't believe you recommended this place. You should know that they are uh, total ripoff artists and they're trying to take my money and not give me my spiders. And I, I'm never going to recommend these guys to anybody and I'm going to ask for my money back. Well, come to find out they had tried to order a bunch of spiders. Totally cool. They had paid the money and we had a cold snap. And this particular dealer is up by me and it was quite cold. And quite frankly, we were having one of those two week long breaks where it was going to be basically below zero weather and that dealer said listen i'm going to hold on to your order and ship when it's safe now this guy never having shipped spiders before and probably very used to having just everything he ever orders come in within two day freaked out and thought they were trying to steal his money so even after me talking him down a bit and saying listen i would not ship during this at all that you're that's Basically, your dealer showing that they're reputable by telling you they're not going to waste your money and, and jeopardize these animals by shipping them in weather that could kill them. He still asked for his money back and ordered from another place that was not as reputable, um, rhymes with backwater reptiles, and basically ended up getting a bunch of dead things in the mail when they froze. So I use that story, and obviously this is kind of an exaggerated version of what usually happens, but there's a situation of somebody new to the hobby that wants their spiders and wants their spiders now. And I think that getting into the hobby, we need to realize that when we're shipping, we have to pay attention to the weather, whether it be cold during the wintertime, or obviously the flip side of that is when it gets super warm during the summer. Same thing. If you're getting a stretch of 90-degree days, 
don't bother shipping. Hold off. You should be making that call. Although most dealers I've found, and I love this, most reputable dealers will say, listen, we are not going to ship if the weather isn't correct. They're not going to take the chance. They're not going to put it in your hands because part of it, sadly, is what happens is you tell them, go ahead, ship. I don't care about your lag agreement. They'll be fine. They come in dead. And the next thing they do is turn around and try to get, you know, replacements for free, even though that they made the boneheaded mistake of having them ship. And that's not fair to the dealer. So I think that most have gotten very good, and the ones I deal with, I can tell you, have gotten very good at going, you know what, we're not going to ship on this day. We're going to hold it. And most people are good with that. But if that happens, you have to have patience. You have to recognize that it's for the good of the animals. I know you can't wait to get your spiders, and we all know that feeling. I, I think everybody in the hobby knows that feeling, that rush you get when you got new spiders coming. You can't wait to pick up the package, get them home, open them up. It, it's, there's nothing like it, and only true hobbyists can understand what I'm saying right now. However... I can tell you uh, the flip side of that again is if you force it and have them shipped when the weather's bad, that great feeling of getting these new spiders quickly dissipates when you open up a box full of dead spiders. Now, I tell the story that years ago I found somebody on one of the boards that was selling off a collection and I she had a bunch of species and she was selling them for really good prices and I basically wanted to have the thing shipped out before Christmas. And one of them was molting. We waited, we waited. And finally, it got time to ship. And fortunately, it got really cold here. But before I could put the stay on it, this person... And it wasn't... This was poor communication on my part. So I'm going to put part of this on me, where I should have said immediately, listen, don't ship, because we're about to get some really cold weather. And we'll talk about the holiday part in a moment, too. And she went ahead and shipped it, even though it was going to get down to, basically, it was in the single digits here with the wind chill. So I'm like, all right, they should be okay. She she shipped one day. Well, not only did the box get delayed, but I'm like, all right, they should be okay. They have a heat pad in them. But I get the box to my house. It's during, literally, it's during a snowstorm. They made it up here. FedEx made it up here. Dropped the package off. We get it open. She did not put in a heat pack. So I unopened with my kids. And this was the biggest haul of tarantulas I had gotten to this date. We were all excited about it. The kids are all around the table. I'm getting a giant Nandu Chromatis female, supposedly around seven and a half inches. I saw a picture of her right next to the ruler. Gorgeous girl, frozen. All the spiders, frozen and dead. It was terrible. And that experience, now again, I, I can't put it completely on myself here, nor do I, because bottom line, there should have been a heat pack where they were coming from. The temperatures were already in the 30s and 40s, so it was it was pretty inexcusable that a heat pack wasn't included. Now, the individual refunded my refunded me my money, but it, it I can't even explain the feeling going from I'm getting this amazing box of spiders in, seven different spiders, to pulling one dead spider after another out of that box with my kids there, all upset because they're all dead. Dad, are they dead? Can we leave them? So we left them out, tried to warm them up to see if they'd come back. Nope. So that instance right there, that incident was all it took for me to realize it's not worth it shipping. Even if the, and I'll tell you, I've even overruled some of the dealers before where they're like, oh, we have a, a stretch coming up. If I don't like the way the weather's looking, I don't ship. So I think people really need to exercise some of that patience when they're shipping and recognize, hey, I really want to get these species. You buy them. A lot of us will. A lot of us will do the thing where we buy some and then we continue to add to our order. I had one I held on to. Oh gosh, I think I ordered. 
in December, and I didn't have it shipped out till March because there just weren't any really good days. And that was that was no problem with that. And I added a couple things to it in the interim and got a nice box in come March. So I think what we need to start doing is being a little more careful with this. Even if the dealer says it's okay, if you don't feel good about it, have them hold it. Most I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say any reputable dealer is going to be okay with holding it. They'll they have no problem doing that. You're doing helping them do their job because they want to make sure that their animals are arriving safely to you. They don't want to have to replace them. They don't want them dead. We, we love animals. We don't want them dying and freezing to death and shipping. So I think dealers will be okay with you going, hey, you know what? I'm buying these now because you got a good deal or I want to make sure I get them, but we're going to hold off till it gets a little warmer. Now, with it being holiday, the holidays and the holiday season, we'll keep with that theme. Another thing that should be considered this time of year, and granted, this is going to be a too, too little too late for people that are already ordering, but I usually don't order in the month of December. I'm very careful ordering in the month of December because if there's ever going to be delays, that's when you're going to get them. That's when the holiday season and the gift sending and the gift ordering season is in full swing. I, I would love to look. I'll have to look up the stats to how much the mail increases between FedEx, U.S. Post, and UPS. But I'm guessing we can pretty much say this is their busiest time of year. And you're adding that extra volume to what they're delivering. So accidents are going to happen. You're going to have things break down. You're going to have packages get lost. There's going to be delays. That is the time of year. This time of year, holiday season and afterwards, when everybody's shipping and buying gifts and Amazon's in full swing, that's when you're going to be most likely to have delays. So I tend to try to sit that one out that month out. Uh, I know some dealers, I think, won't even ship. Like They have a cutoff date because right around once you get around Christmas and New Year's, things get a little sketchy. So some of them will stop shipping, shipping like mid-December, pick it up later on in early January, which I think is a good practice because that way it just takes it off the table. You don't have to worry about the delays. You don't have to worry about your package getting lost. You don't have to worry about the stress of, and, and we've all felt it. I had it happen recently. Um, well, it was early this year with a package from Pinchers and Pokies that got lost in the mail. It was supposed to be delivered. I'm waiting, 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 waiting. Doesn't show up. And they were fantastic. They called up FedEx and they had a guy drive it out to my house in his car. Like that was impressive. But the stress I felt knowing that that package was lost was a lot. So I think some dealers are good with, they won't bother shipping during this period. Again, I think anybody ordering should be cognizant of this and aware when they're ordering stuff that, you know, this isn't the best time of year to ship live animals. Wait it out, either get it before the big season starts or wait it out to after January where things have slowed down a bit, but try to avoid the month of December. I know it's tough. I know we all have things. I know Christmas gifts are a big one. And I talk to a lot of people that their spouses, which I absolutely love, are getting them spiders for Christmas and trying to time it so it comes right in before the holiday. That can be great. And I know Billy's done that for me in the past and it worked out well where they came just in time so that she could just give them to me without having to open them up. It's kind of tricky to time though. So Again, be aware, this is a rough month for shipping. Things have happened. I believe there's already been a couple instances that I've seen on Facebook groups and such of packages getting lost in the mail and some dead spiders, and that's a shame. And again, I accidents will happen. Things will happen. That's the, the sad part about shipping animals is that the, there are going to be instances where things don't go as planned. But normally for anybody out there that's listening to this going, I'm never shipping anything, then it doesn't happen often. I have shipped, prob- I think I can say probably Ah, well, well over a hundred times. We'll put it that way. I'm, I'm guessing I'm probably approaching closer to 200 times, but 
we'll say a hundred times I've shipped through the mail and I've had exactly three issues that entire time. And only one of them involved DOAs. And that was the one where they didn't include a heat pack. And one out of those other two issues, one of them was a package that was out for three days. I believe it was lost in the mail and the temperature outside was in the teens with a windshield that brought it down to zero and they still arrived safely. So all in all, it's very safe method to ship, but you do need to be aware of some of the risks during the winter time or again or the summertime. Now, I think a lot of us that start shipping a lot get savvy to the fact that we have to, you know, watch obviously what our local temperatures are going to be. But what some people fail to recognize or remember is that the temperature where you are can vary vastly from the temperature of where they're coming from. So, for example, if I order from someplace down south, either, uh, you know, Texas, I've ordered from Texas before, Virginia, Florida, one of those. Uh, States where the climate is a little bit warmer, I've had instances where it's in the 80s down there and it's in the 30s and 40s up here. It can be that much of a difference between temperatures and that makes it different, difficult to ship because think about it. You're up in a place where you're probably going to require a heat pack because it's going to be 30s and 40s where if you put a heat pack in it down there where it's in the 80s, you're going to fry your spiders. So that's something that also has to be considered. Find out where your spiders are coming from, the place of origin. Find out what the temperatures are down there. Are they having a hot streak? Are they having a cooler streak? You want to find a time to ship where your temperatures aren't ridiculously far apart because that makes it extra difficult for the dealer to pack these things correctly for you. I remember ordering when I was uh, doing a breeding loan for my Hapaloba species Columbia large male. I was ordering from a woman who lived in, I believe it was San Diego, California, and we were having a heck of a time figuring out when to ship because her temperatures were in the 90s and mine were in the 40s. So that makes it very difficult to figure out exactly how to, you know, you can obviously add cold packs when it's warm out. You can add heat packs when it's cold out. But what do you do when you're getting both sides of the coin there? You're getting both cold weather at one place and warm weather another. That makes it increasingly difficult to find a good time to ship. So that's something that also needs to be considered that during those transitional months, sometimes you're going to have situations where one place it's going to be too hot, one place is going to be too cold, and you want to wait until those add, you know measure up a little bit. The, we mentioned this earlier. The other thing you want to consider is that there are hubs, places where airports where things are unloaded and packed, and that can actually add some trickiness to the issue because you want to make sure that if, say, I'm in Connecticut and I'm shipping from Virginia, I believe the hub, I want to say Tennessee is where the hub is, you got to look at the weather there as well. So as you can see, it's not as simple as just dropping spiders in a box, throwing in a heat pack, and mailing them out. You want to be very, very careful to look at the weather from both the place of origin and obviously your weather, and if possible, find out where that hub is, figure out where the weather is, what the weather is there, and then try to find weather patterns that aren't too hot. You won't want temperatures in the high 90s that'll roast them, or even in the 90s. I try to avoid anything in the 90s. I generally try not to ship if it's going above 85. That's kind of my rule of thumb, and if it gets above that for any stretch, I'm not shipping, and then you have to look at daytime and nighttime temperatures, so even though it may say, oh, the daytime is going to be 45. If it drops down to eight degrees at night, that's going to be a problem. As far as freezing temperatures, I want temperatures above freezing personally, although I have shipped in freezing weather before. I usually try to find a stretch where it's going to be a little bit higher. You know, here it's not that difficult because like yesterday we had temperatures, it was 61 degrees here on the winter solstice. It's insane. And tomorrow it's going to be 20 degrees. So 
we get those wonky weather patterns up here. So it can be easy, easier sometimes for me to find like a stretch of three days where it's going to be a little bit warmer. Um, again, with shipping, you don't want to ship. I Most places will won't ship after Wednesday because they don't want the package to get lost over the weekend and stay in the mail. So keep in mind, depending on who you're shipping from, some people are very good with making sure that, all right, I we don't ship anything out. Any orders that go out or that come in after a certain time on Wednesday will not go out until the following Monday, which I think is sound practice. I know that frustrates people because they'll order on a Thursday and be like, yeah, my tarantula's coming tomorrow. No, it doesn't work that way. They got to pack them up, do all the labels, all that stuff. And you don't want your package getting delayed over the weekend. So other places, however, I have noticed some places out there that don't bother to do that. So you want to make sure if you're ordering generally, if you're ordering on a Wednesday morning, you're usually pretty fine as long as they're going to ship it out that day. But read the, read the information about the person you're buying from. Find out when they ship. If they ship on Thursdays, I wouldn't do it, quite frankly, because with FedEx, they don't deliver on Saturday. So if you ship on a Thursday and it doesn't make it there Friday, now you're not getting your package till Monday. That's not good. So try to steer your stuff away from the weekends just in case they get lost. And the final tip I would give people, and I know this one can be inconvenient sometimes, but it can save you a lot of stress, is to use the hold for pickup option. Or some places you can have them shipped right to a FedEx pickup or drop-off place. I didn't like to do this at first because I, I don't, or at least at that time, didn't have one of these places very close by to me. So if I wanted to drive and pick them up, I was going about a half hour south, which isn't terrible, obviously. And, it, you know, I've driven that long to go to stores or whatever, but it's so much more convenient to sit at home. However, with home delivery, if you miss them, and I, I'm assuming this is the case everywhere, but... For example, I've had two different instances where they stopped by, one which my son was waiting inside to get the package. They didn't bother to knock. They just put the thing on the door saying we tried to deliver it and drove away. That was incredibly frustrating. And one in which I got caught in traffic, didn't get home in time, and wasn't able to pick up the package, and they brought it back. But what happens is if you're not home, basically that voids your live arrival guarantee, your lag, and... What it means is you usually have to drive back to whatever their place is, wherever the trucks come from, the you know ship center, and try to pick up your package later on. And in many cases, that's after five in the afternoon. So, for example, my the one that I get my stuff shipped to is actually in the town that I teach in. So it's very convenient to just pick up packages on the way home from work. It's like five minutes away from where I work. However, the day that we had it delivered to the house and I didn't make it back in time, it meant I had to drive. This was around 2 o'clock. I had to drive all the way back and basically wait for the truck to arrive and unload the package so I could get it. So it becomes, A, you're going to lose your lag if this happens, and B, it becomes a huge hassle if you miss it. So if you think you're not going to be home for a delivery, find out, make friends with your local FedEx drop-off ship center or whatever. For ours right now, we just had a pharmacy, it was a Rite Aid that's literally walking distance, about a third of a mile from my house, that got bought out by Walgreens, and Walgreens is one of the ship centers you can have stuff shipped to or shipped from for FedEx. So I now have a place within walking distance of my house to get my packages, which I, I'll tell you, I feel like a total goober, but I was so excited when we realized that was going in. They said Walgreens, and there's a Walgreens north of me, about 20 minutes north, 15 minutes north of me that I sometimes get them shipped to as well, especially when I'm not working because it's a little closer to my house. And now we have one right down the street. So that's awesome. But I would encourage people, before you start doing the shipping thing, figure out where your local places are that you can go and pick them up from or have the packages delivered to. It can make it a lot easier and take away a lot of the stress of having to be home at a particular time or having somebody, you know, making sure, I know Billy and I used to do 
the whole, like, Billy would come home from work. She has a job where she can actually stop home in between, and she'd wait for packages to arrive. It was just a huge pain in the butt. Now we can just have them drop off there. And sometimes it'll save you a bit of money, too, because if they don't have to deliver them directly to a uh, residence, some places will offer a discount for it. So something to think about. I know it's not ideal. I know we love stuff coming directly to our doors. But if you have somebody within 15 or 20 minutes of you that can receive and hold on to the package while until you can go and conveniently pick it up, that's the way to go. It's nice and safe, doesn't void your lag, and makes it so you don't have to worry about the thing being you know left on your doorstep or even more sucked up and brought back in and you have to pick it up later or they try it again the next day. So that would be a bit of advice I'd give anybody that's going to be shipping tarantulas, especially through FedEx. You know, find those centers, figure out which ones are close to you and use them when you need to because it makes things a lot easier, safer on the animals. You don't have to worry about them being on a truck freezing the whole time because that's something to think about as well. When they're out for delivery, if it's a cold day, they're sitting in the back usually of a truck that's not heated back there. So there's more of a chance of them getting chilled or freezing. So if you leave them at a ship center or a drop-off place or a pickup place, whatever they call them, your spider will have to endure less of those cold or hot temperatures, which is obviously better for the animal, less stressful. So definitely figure out where those places are. Use them when you can. And, and to summarize, it's, it's all about timing. It's about patience. It's about recognizing that holidays, you know, right around Christmas, don't ship. Just don't hold on to it. Have it come after Christmas, a little late Christmas present for you, whatever. Don't bother shipping during those crazy shipping months where everybody's getting those last-minute gifts. When it's cold out, check your temperatures, but check the temperatures of the place you're ordering from. If it's too hot there and too cold where you are, wait. Hold off, because that's one of the spots where I think sometimes they get shipped and it makes it difficult for you know the people shipping them. But hold off. If it's, you know, I would say above 85 degrees, don't bother shipping. I, I look for stretches where it's, you know, in the very least, the low 80s for a few days. If it's um, below freezing or much below freezing, don't ship. And everybody has their own policies. And again, make sure you check the policy of the place you're ordering from because some have no problem shipping when it gets nice and cold. I personally like to hold on to them until I get a little stretch of warmer weather. So I look for something, you know, in the 40s or so. So always check day and nighttime temperatures. Don't just look down and go, it's going to be 50 degrees tomorrow, sweet, and not look at the fact that it's going to be 15 degrees at night. Because remember, they get put on, you know, loaded into planes in the cargo holds that are not heated, that are way up in the air, nice and cold, super frigid. And that can be really difficult for them. So we want to keep that in mind. And then check where the, the hubs are as far as the shipping hubs. Make sure you know. And once you start ordering for a while, you'll see you'll have your main places you order from, your main dealers usually. And it's very easy to see where they ship from, where the hubs are, and what the temperatures are. You'll be able to monitor those much more easily once you do a few orders. But for people that are just getting into it, that's something to think about. You know, Where is it coming from? Where is it going to be stopping along the way? And consider all those temperatures when you ship. But... By all means, the the trick is just to use patience and recognize that we are shipping living animals. We love these animals, supposedly, and we don't want to put them into unnecessarily bad conditions or situations because we can't wait to get our hands on a spider. We can't wait a week or two. Again, I've waited... I think it was three months to get ones in, and it's totally fine. You just wait it. you, You get your enclosures ready, and it's just... Again, patience. Patience is the key. And one final thing before I sign off of this one is always, 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 always check out the LAG Live Animal Guarantee and make sure that you're adhering to it. 
these are put out there for a reason. These are to protect you. These are to make sure that if you know you get a spider that wasn't doing very well and it comes to you and die, dies on the voyage over, that you're covered. However, I do hear instances of people abusing these. Please keep in mind, and I think I, I feel bad sometimes for the dealers. They they always end up doing the right thing and good for them. But I've heard people order that they don't do the live animal guarantees. So usually, what happens is you get the lag if you ship. You know, next day if it's coming with 24 hours, it's guaranteed. Some people will offer it on two-day shipping. That's even you know better, whatever. But it's usually one day. And then a lot of them, if you go with the two-day shipping, which is obviously much cheaper, it's usually around $35 compared to 50 or 60 then you don't get the live animal guarantee. Now, if, you're, if you don't choose the live animal guarantee and your animals die on the way over – that's kind of on you, and I, I want to make that clear because I've had some people you know, email me all frustrated, like, this dealer screwed me over. They didn't give me my money back, and come to find out one instance, I even contacted the dealer because I was completely shocked that they supposedly weren't covering the guarantee. This wasn't what I – it wasn't in my experience with this person. Well, anyway, come to find out, no, it had nothing to do with that. The, the person who ordered the spiders did not get the live guarantee, and they arrived dead, and they basically – wanted them to cover it. And it's not really fair. Now, again, I think most dealers will agree that a spider shouldn't die two days in the mail. They've been lost a lot longer than that and done fine. And most will go ahead and renege and give them back their money or replace it. But it's important to recognize that those live animal guarantees are there for a reason. They're saying that if you ship using this shipping method, you know, overnight, we are packing it as such that the spider will arrive to you safe and sound. Some of them guarantee it for several hours afterwards. Some, I believe, guarantee it even up to a week afterwards or two weeks after a month. Always check the guarantees to see what they offer. Is it Does it cover two-day shipping? Is, is it something where it's just you get three days and if the spider dies, you're on your own? Or is it one of those ones where they cover it for quite a few days afterwards, which are great? And always compare the live animal guarantees too. I think a lot of people now, which I think is cool, back in the day, if you had something delayed because of the FedEx, like a, a mail delivery delay or something of that nature, many of the live animal guarantees wouldn't cover that. And that was always scary because basically the only time you're really going to run into trouble is if a package gets lost and that's where you're going to need that lag and a lot of places wouldn't carry that but I do know that many of uh, the folks out there selling now are starting to cover the shipping delays which is fantastic so make sure you look for that when you're looking at live uh, lags that the people are covering that if possible because that takes a lot of stress out if your package does get lost and the spiders die as a result especially when you're shipping in the warm months or the cold months that's a piece of assurance that you really want to have that takes a lot of the stress out of it so before ordering Always read the lags, familiarize yourself with the lags, print the lags out, highlight them, understand what you're getting into, what exactly are they covering, what do you get a live animal guarantee for, if you don't choose to the method of shipping that gets you that live animal guarantee, keep in mind that's on you. Now, I've heard, again, I've heard the argument, well, they should cover it anyway because the spider shouldn't die if, if there were no problems during shipping. But again, they've got to draw the line somewhere. They've got to protect themselves. And I think a lot of them will cover it in some instances. But that's something to keep in mind that if you're paying less for shipping, you're running the chance of having, you know, the spider, something happened to the spider and you not being covered by a guarantee. So that's incredibly important. And look for those ones out there that are covering the spiders past just the 24 hours or 48 hours after shipping. Those are fantastic uh, live animal guarantees because it's kind of like a warranty for the spider, which is great. They're saying we believe in that our stock is strong and should live and be healthy as long as you're taking care of it correctly. So they're going to cover it for longer. 
and look for a live animal guarantee specifically that covers shipping delays. That's enormous. That's one that you didn't see back when I first started ordering things online, but you're seeing a lot more now, and I know a lot of the big ones are starting to use it, so keep an eye out for that. So I just spent an entire half hour talking about shipping spiders. This is a new high point for me. No, I'm just kidding. Just kind of funny, the topics that I end up talking about and how long they take, but that'll about do it for this one. Um, we did talk about spiders a bit, um, I guess. I did promise last time we'd talk more about spiders, but I guess we got into shipping. But I did want to cover this because I've been getting a lot of emails asking questions about it. And these podcasts are fun because not only is it, you know, people enjoy hearing them, but they make my life easier because if somebody asks me a question about shipping, I can now send them a link to this podcast and save myself some typing time and get through my emails faster. So everybody wins. So that'll about do it, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, happy Winter Solstice. Happy Festivus, whatever it may be you're celebrating. I hope you guys have a great break. I'll be back probably in a week. I'm going to be on vacation, hopefully refreshed and upbeat and ready to talk about spiders. So as always, if you want to check me out on tomsbigspiders.com, I'll be getting on that this weekend. Got plenty planned for that. Uh, Tom's Big Spiders on YouTube where I do videos. You get to see my ugly mug and uh, I talk about spiders there, obviously. Shoot me an email and comment on Facebook. And I would, for those of you listening that are still here at this point in the podcast, I would like to do a Q&A section, um, podcast again. I love doing those. So I'm looking for questions that you guys would like me to answer. And you can post those on my Facebook page and I will respond to them and name you and all the good stuff. So thanks so much for listening. Happy holidays, guys. We'll catch you next time.